So this morning, church, I, I get the opportunity to be able to bring the message this morning with Mark being a little under the weather. So what you have in your bulletin, that won't be any good to you. So I, I do have a, a lot of scriptures this morning. None of them will be on the screen. So uh, it, it'll be fairly quick going through those. So uh, if you have an opportunity to write those down, uh, that, that would be good for you. And uh, if not, then uh, you can just try to follow along the, the, the best you can. But what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about a, a journey. I want to talk about a, a, our journey in a Christian life. So have you ever planned a, a trip or, or a journey someplace? Maybe it's your vacation. Maybe it's a, a, a trip that you had to plan for work. Or maybe it's a, a group trip, somebody, a group of friends, you get together and you decide you're going on a trip, so you, you plan something that way. Or, or, or maybe it's just a, a trip that you go on by yourself. So maybe it's just one of those solo things where, where you like to travel and, and go see things yourself. So when you do that, I, I think that there's, there's three parts to every trip. So there, there's your starting point. And that, that seems pretty clear. I mean, your, your starting point, that, that's the place where you say, okay, we're, we're going to leave from this location at this time, and, and this is where the, the trip's going to start. And then there's the, the journey. The, the journey, that, that's the part of the trip that gets us from our, our starting point to our ending point. And then there is the ending point, and that's the place that we want to end our trip. And I think sometimes whenever we think about our trips, we, we think of our ending point is the place that we want to go visit. So if we say we're, we're going to go on a vacation to the beach, sometimes we, we think of the beach as being the ending point. But actually the ending point is when we get back home, right? So if we're going someplace and, and we plan to come back here, our, our final destination is, is where we're going to end up. It's, it's where we want to be when we're completely done with the trip. So for a lot of us, a lot of times when we go on those trips, our, our ending point, our final destination is back home. And when you, when you plan those trips, I, I think there, there's two types of people when it comes to trips. I think there's those that are planners and then those that I want to call wingers. So the, the wingers, they say, okay, we're going on a trip. Let's go get in the car and, and off we go. They, they, they may have a, a place of mind that they want to visit, but they have no idea how they're going to get there. They don't know if there's enough gas in the car. They don't know where they're going to stay when they get there. They don't know the way to get there. They, they really don't know how much it's going to cost or where they're going to stay or what they're going to do, but they know they're going on a trip. And, and some people are perfectly fine with this, and they're, they're okay with, with just doing that. They're, they're, they just go. They, they wing it. And, and, and off they go, and they have a great time doing that. But then... There's the planners. The planners, they know the final destination. They know they want to be able to get back home, but they also know where they're going to go. They know how they're going to get there. They know what they're going to do when they get there. They know the route. They, they've done the research. They know where they're going to eat. They, they, they know how much money it's going to cost. They know where they're going to stay. They, they know all these things about their trip. Um, they, they, they've mapped out the, the, the trip. They, they've done... The, the map quest work. And for those of you that are older, you probably remember when we were planners years ago, it used to be the triptychs. You used to go to the three A's and they used to give you this little map and you used to have to flip it and it had this marker highlighter that highlighted your route on where you needed to go. And so for those of us that are planners, this is kind of how we do those things. Uh, we, we know exactly what it's going to take to be able to get to where we want to go and the things that we want to do. 
And, and I think for the most part, when it comes to trips, I, I think wingers and, and planners, they can't coexist when it comes to trips. So myself, I mean, I'm a planner, okay? I, I, I like to, to look at where we're going to go. I like to do the research. I, I, I like spreadsheets. I, I have all these itineraries. I, I, I like to do all these things when it comes to that. I mean, I know where we're going. I know where we're going to stay. I know the route we're going to take right down to where the rest areas are. And I think my wife, Jenny, she really appreciates the fact that I'm aware of those things and the plan because she doesn't like the plan, but she likes to know what the plan is. So we're a good good pair that way. But the thing about whether you're a winger or whether you're a planner Sometimes the trip's not always going to go the way you think it's going to go. Sometimes there, there's car trouble. There, there's breakdowns. Maybe you, your, your car breaks down or you get a flat tire or you run out of gas. There, there's things that happen that way. Maybe it's hotel trouble. Maybe you get to where you were planning on staying and there's no rooms available or something happened there. Or, or, or worse yet, you get to a room and there's bugs and you're like, I can't stay here. There's no way we can stay at this hotel when you got to do something different. It, and then sometimes there's cancellations. Sometimes it, it, it's flight cancellations or maybe your rental car is not there. We ran into that situation here last year on our vacation. Our flights got canceled. We had to drive home. We had to change what we were doing. There's, there's also other things that, that we have to worry about. Sometimes it, it's closing. Maybe a restaurant's closed we plan to eat at or we can't get tickets for where we want to go. Or, or maybe it's illness. Maybe somebody gets sick and you've you got to find a, a doctor or an emergency room along the way. Sometimes it's financial problems. Maybe it's costing you more than, than you thought it was going to and you're not sure how you're going to be able to do all the things that you wanted to be able to do. But when things don't go the way we expect what do we do? Well, we have to make different choices. We have to make different choices around our journey. And, and that's going to help us get to our final destination, which is ultimately where we want to get home. And on a lot of those trips, that, that's just back home. So we have to make adjustments. We have to go a different direction. We, we may have to stay at a different place, do different activities, eat at different places, make repairs. Maybe we need to rest and, and recover. But when those things don't go as we expect, it can be hard. It can cause us stress. It can cause us worry. It can cause us anxiety. It can cost us money. It can cause us to to miss out on things. And sometimes we let those things that don't go right, those things that don't go the way we expect them to, to cause us to miss out on the good things that happen along that journey. And we need to make sure that we're avoiding that. So when we think about a Christian life, it can be a lot like the the trips that that I was just describing. It has a starting point. It has a journey. It has an ending point. And today, what I want to do is I, I really want us to examine what it looks like to have that journey of a Christian life. And when we look at that, we're going to look at those three parts. But what I want to do is I want to start at the ending point. And we're going to work our way back. The ending point for for everyone's life is an earthly death. I know we don't like to talk about death. We, We don't like to think about that. But it is a natural part of our earthly life. 
we, we don't want to dwell on that. We, we don't want to really put a lot of thought into that. But when we think about death, we, we think about death being an ending point. When in reality, death actually is our starting point for eternity. And what I want to look at first is I want to look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. It says this, it says, Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Bible tells us what we have in store at the end of this life is an eternity. Either an eternal punishment in hell or eternal life in heaven. Those are the only two options we have when we leave this earth. Sometimes people talk about so many other things that they think will happen and things that they think will go on, but it's just not the truth. The Bible's the truth. There's an eternity waiting for us. There's either eternal punishment or there's eternal life. And for those of us that are Christians, that eternity is eternal life with God in heaven. That's promised to us. That's the final destination for all Christians. If you look with me at John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. Jesus tells us this. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also, that you also may be where I am. And then he continues in verse 6. He says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As Christians, we can be confident in our final destination because, what, because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Because of the fact that he died on the cross for our sins. We can be confident of where we're going to end up when we leave this earth. We can know what our final destination is because of God's promises. John chapter 5 verse 24 It says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Now that we understand where our final destination is, the place that we all should want to end up as Christians, the place where we can have confidence because of God's promises that we'll end up, I want to talk about the journey that we're on. I want to talk about our life here on earth. When we give our lives to Christ because of the grace of God, we're we're promised that eternal life in heaven. But what we're not promised to have is a life without trouble here on earth. On the contrary, Jesus tells us this in, in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Because of Jesus, we know we're going to have troubles, but we know he's overcome the world, so he's overcome death for us. So we know we can have confidence in the fact of of where we're going to go. When we give our lives to Christ because of the grace of God, we're promised that eternal life in heaven. Let's face it, church. Life's hard. Life's not easy. I mean, just like we we talked about on our trip, sometimes we we get lost. Sometimes we we run out of gas. Sometimes we we don't know where we're going to stay. We don't know if we should go. 
We don't know if we're going to have enough money. We don't know all the things of our life. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Just like on those trips, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, what's going to come up. But we know that, that we're going to have problems. We, we, we can get discouraged. We, we get so caught up in our current situation that we can lose sight of the big picture. And that is the promise that, that God has for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, it tells us this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. We get so caught up in what's happening in our lives that we forget sometimes that this life is only temporary. Our situation that we're in right now is only temporary. It's going to change. It's going to be different. Tomorrow's going to be different than it is today. But we get so caught up in those things, we forget about the promise that God's given to us. We need to not let the, the problems of our life overshadow all the good things that, that God's doing in our lives. The, the good things that, that we have, the blessings that God gives to us because he loves us, because he cares for us. The blessing that he's given us to know that we can have that eternal life in heaven with him. We need to keep focused on our final destination. When we go through these difficult times, we... We, we need to use these, or God can use these situations. He uses the situations we're in to, to strengthen our faith and our reliance on Him. Because that's what God wants. God wants us to rely on Him. Not rely on ourselves to get ourselves through the situations we're in. God wants us to rely on Him to, to, to get through those things. If we look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we go through the difficult times that we go through in life, God wants us to persevere through them. God wants us to be able to get through the, the situations we're in. He, he wants us to become more like Christ. He wants us to have the faith that he calls us to. He wants our faith to grow in Christ because of the things that we're going through. When we talk about becoming more like Christ and, and what we need to do to, to persevere in life, I think there, there, there's, there's five steps that we can take to help us persevere through the hard times that we face in life. The first one is we need to pray to persevere. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Sometimes prayer can be an easy thing for us. Sometimes when we, we go through difficult things, it, it's easy for us to pray because sometimes we use that as our last resort instead of where we should be starting. That's the first thing we should be doing whenever we, we go through a difficult challenge, we go through a difficult time, is we need to be praying. We need to ask God 
for his assistance in those things. We need to ask God for his guidance, for his wisdom. But sometimes when we're in those situations, prayer can be hard. Prayer can be difficult sometimes. Sometimes we, we, we want to blame God for the situation that we're in. So our, our, our strong emotions can be an obstacle to our communication with God. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray continually. We need to do that. We need to talk to God. We need to tell him how we're feeling. Sometimes we may need to yell at God. We, we need to let him know that we're upset. We need to cry to God. We need to, to share our pains, our, our joys, our, our struggles. Because what happens when, when we start communicating with God, when we start talking to him, when we start listening for his answer, it helps to align our hearts with what God's will is in that situation that we're in. If we look in Jude verses 20 and 21, it says this, it says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. God has answers for our prayers. They may not always get answered the, the, the way we want them to. They may not get answered as quick as we would like God to answer them. Sometimes the answers are just not what we want to hear. Sometimes the answer is no. But God tells us that we need to be patient in those prayers, waiting for God's mercy because it's coming. That, that promise of, of eternal life, it, it, it's coming. What we need to remember, though, is whatever situation we're in, that's not our final destination. We're not stuck there. We're not going to have to stay there forever. The second step I think we need to take or to have in order to persevere through this thing is we need to have an active relationship with God. Perseverance. Perseverance, it's an action word. Sometimes we, we think when, when we give our life to Christ that that's it. Okay, I've given my life to Christ. Now, now I'm, on, I'm, I'm on cruise. Everything's going to be great. Everything's just going to go right from here. Everything's going to be perfect for, from here on because I've given my life over to Christ. It, and we sit back and, and we just wanna, want to just cruise along. We, we want to let God just take it. We don't want to do anything. And, and I'm here to tell you that's just not the case. That's not how it works. But what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying, okay? So when we talk about giving our life to Christ and we talk about salvation, salvation is a gift from God. And that's something we can't earn. We don't deserve salvation. Yet God gives it to us anyway. God gives us his grace. And it's because of God's mercy and what he's done for us that we should want that personal active relationship with Christ, with God. If you look at, with me at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it tells us this. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Verse 1, it said, in view of God's mercy. 
not to earn God's mercy, but because God's already given you that mercy, then you need to worship God. So when I think of an active relationship, it's not to earn that. It's because we've, we've been given that. That's what God's given to us. We, we should want to serve him. We should want to do, have that relationship with him. We, when I think of other action words that, that kind of d- describe perseverance, I, I think of words like hold fast, persistence, determination. We, when we talk about having an active relationship with, with God, what's that look like? What, what, what's that mean for us? I, I think it means that we're, we're reading our Bibles, that, that we're praying, that we're, we're going to a small group, we're listening to Christian music, we're, we're tithing, we're serving, we're here on Sunday mornings. We need to do these things even when we don't feel like it. Because there's times when, when we're struggling, we don't want to do those things. We don't want to open our Bible and read. We don't want to pray. We, we don't want to serve. We don't want to do those things. It's too hard for us. But that's what God calls us to do. He wants that active relationship with us. And we have to put the effort in, even when we don't feel like it. We need to have an active relationship with God for him to help us to persevere. The the third step, or the third thing that I think we need to know is that we need to know it will get better. We all go through hard times. We all go through good times. Sometimes things are going great and we're, we're high on that mountain. Things just couldn't be better for us. Things are going along just as smoothly as they can be. We're on that cruise control that we thought would be on all the time. And and it's just wonderful. But sometimes it's only a phone call away. It's a phone call from the doctor. Or a a phone call from from a loved one that's sick. Sometimes it's it's a phone call from our employers that's telling us we no longer have a job. We we worry. We we don't know where we're going to go. We we don't know what's going to happen next. Because all of a sudden we went from this mountaintop down to being in the valley again. It doesn't take long for us to, to be able to change seasons th- sometimes. It, it doesn't take long for, for one thing to be going great and then all of a sudden it's not. But sometimes it doesn't take long to, to get from that valley back up out of that valley. As long as we keep moving. The Bible tells us that there's going to be seasons for everything. If you look at Ecclesiastes with me. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 says this, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. We all go through different seasons. The Bible here in Ecclesiastes, it it describes some of those seasons that we go through. But that's not everything that we face. But the thing we need to realize is the season that we're in right now it's not going to last forever. Forever. It's going to change. We're going to get out of that season. And eventually as we go through life, 
We all have the opportunity for that eternal life in heaven. So it doesn't matter whether you're on the mountain or you're in the valley. When that time comes, if you're a Christian, our final destination is heaven. And that's the most important thing. Sometimes when, when we're struggling, we, we feel, uh, we, when we feel like we're, we're uprooted, we feel like we're, we're hurt, we feel like we're torn down, we feel lonely, we, we feel hate, we feel anger, we feel you know, weeping, we feel mourning. It can be hard for us to realize that things are going to get better. But they will. Maybe not as quickly as we, we want them to. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it says this, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. When you think about God's timing, a lot of times for us, it's not near as quick as we want it to be. We're, we're an instant world. We want things to happen right now. We, when we say this is what we want, we want it to happen right now. We, we don't want to wait at all. We, we're very impatient when it comes to those things. But I want you to think about some of God's timing in the Bible. Jonah spent three days in the belly of a fish waiting on God. The Israelites spent 40 years wandering in the desert. <clears throat> then they spent another 70 years in exile. God's going to guide us through whatever season we're in. I don't think any of us have been waiting around for our season to change for 70 years. God's going to see us through those things. The fourth step, or the fourth thing that I think we need to know is we need to know it won't get better. Now you might be thinking, wait a minute, now you just told me it is going to get better. That, that, was, that was step three. Know that it's going to get better. Now I'm saying... Know that it's not going to get better. What I want you to think about is your situation. Your situation is going to change. Our situations change all the time. So your particular situation, it is going to get better. There's, there's a promise for that. But what I want us to realize is that we live in a messed up world. We live in a world that can be crazy. We live in a world that, that's full of sin. There's a thief. He, he wants to steal and kill and destroy. There, there's sickness that, that wants to call us, cause us hurt and, and, and pain and, and death. There's selfishness that, that wants to, to wreck us and isolate us and, and demean us. And there, there's disaster that causes us stress and wants to destroy us and cause unbalance in our life. James told us that we'd face many kinds of trials and tribulations will be tested over and over. So when I say it will not get better, I mean life on earth will never be perfect. Because even though our situations change, there's sin. And that keeps this from being a perfect place. So is life ever going to be perfect for us? No, it's not. Not while we're here on this earth. But we, we need to realize that some of those things won't get better, but our situations, they're going to change. We're, we're going to get through those things. Things will never be perfect, but we need, need to continue to, to trust in the Lord. If you look at the Lamentations, 
chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, it says this, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The, the fifth step that we need to do to, to be able to persevere is we need to be able to persevere with others. We're not made to go through life alone. We're, we're designed to, to, to be in relationships. We're, we're designed to, to uh, have companionship, to be able to share with a church family. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says this. It says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus is telling us to share in those burdens. He's telling us to share our lives together. He's telling us that, that he wants us to support each other. That he wants to be there for us to, to walk through these times together. He wants us to go through life together as Christians. That's what he's called us to do. He wants us to, to allow others to walk in faith with us. This is why membership to a local congregation like this body of, of believers here in Wellsville, why it's so important. So we have each other so we're, because we're always stronger when we're together. Ecclesiastes verse, chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, that one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen. We need to be in, in church together. We, we may think that we can get by on our own. We think, might think that we can get by with, with just one other person. But when that third strand in that rope is Jesus Christ, that makes us really strong. Jesus pulls us together. He, he wants us to be together. He wants to strengthen us. But we have to, to seek out that relationship. We, we need to be in church together. We, we need to go to, to small groups together. We need to fellowship together. We need to serve together. We need to develop deep relationships with other Christians. We're, we're called to, to do life together. And here's the thing. When we develop those relationships, it takes more than an hour on Sunday morning to be able to do that. We need to spend time together outside this building. We need to find people that we can have in our circle, people that we can share our lives together with. It's just so important for us to, to have those people that, that we can come together with, that, that can help us connect to Christ together with. These five steps, they can help us to persevere through our journey of life. Even though the, the, the journey, it's hard sometimes, we, we can still make it through. James chapter 1, verse 12 it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So on the journey of life, we, we go through trials. We go through some difficult times. But we also go through a lot of good times. We go through a lot of great times. But sometimes we get so caught up when we're in the valley that we don't look around and we don't see the blessings that God's given us. We don't see the good things that God is providing for us. We, we don't see those things because we focus so much on the valley. We, we focus so much on the things that we're going through. We need to learn to uh, appreciate 
the, the good things even more than we concentrate on the, the bad things, the, the, the troubles. I was once told about a happy marriage. It says a happy marriage doesn't mean that there weren't any trials. It means that they persevered through those trials. God will take the trials and, and he'll do something amazing with those. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God wants us to support each other. Hebrews chapter 4. Get to the right page here. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. God wants us to celebrate together. He wants us to cry together. He wants us to have fun together. God wants us to mourn together. God wants us to rejoice together. God wants us to do life together. So where does just Christian journey start? Well, it starts at the starting point. And where is the starting point for a Christian life? To me, that happens on the day when you recognize that you're a sinner. That you realize that you need a savior. The day you understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. The day you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you repent of your sins and you, you follow up in, in Christian baptism. This is the starting point for that Christian life. I want to share one more scripture with you. It's John 3.16, it's a scripture that a lot of people know. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It says, whoever. Whoever's you. Whoever's me. Whoever's everybody. It's everyone. God did that for each one of us. God did that for every person that you know. I'm going to ask the praise team to, to come back up. But church, I, I want to ask you another question. Have you started that Christian life journey? Have you asked Jesus to be your Savior? Have you secured your final destination? Earthly death, death is just the beginning of eternity. But the question I have is you have you decided where you're going to spend your eternity? You know, it is your choice. Not because we earn it, not because we deserve it, but because God gave us grace. Because of what God did for us by sending his son here to die for us. By our faith in him, it's our choice where we spend eternity. You better make that choice today because we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen later today.
if you haven't given your life to Christ, let today be the day. The Bible tells us that we're not promised tomorrow. So as we sing, I want you to come forward and, and we'll, the elders will be here. Kim will be here. We, we'll, we'll pray with you. We'll walk you through that. But here's the thing. If you're a Christian and you've already started that Christian life journey, maybe you're stuck in a valley. Maybe you don't know how to get out of it. Maybe you felt like you don't have the support you need to be able to get from the valley back out of there, how to move your life forward. Maybe you're not convinced that you have that eternal life. Then come forward as well. We'll pray with you about that. We'll talk to you about that. We'll help guide you through that. We'll give you the support that you need. But I just really want to encourage you this morning as we sing, just to to take action this morning. Let today be the day that you start that Christian life journey. Let's stand and sing together.